Hello everyone and welcome to Box Office Receipts. I'm your host Tyler Callahan and the big news we got this week is the numbers themselves as Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness opened around the world. Let's start with the domestic box office. Opening in first place, which is no surprise, is Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness with 187 million. The bad guys dropped to second place with 9.7 million for a total of 57.5 million. In third place is Sonic the Hedgehog 2 with 6.2 million for a total of 169.9 million. Fourth place is The Secrets of Dumbledore with 3.9 million for a total of 86 million. Fifth place was Everything Everywhere All at Once with 3.3 million for a total of 41.5 million. In sixth place was The Northman with 2.7 million for a total of 28 million. Finally, in seventh place was The Lost City with 2.5 million for a total of 94.3 million. So this was an interesting weekend for Doctor Strange. Let's look at the good news first. While the film failed to open the 200 million and above, 187 million is still great. It's the best opening Disney has had since 2019 and is the 11th best opening domestically of all time. With that, if the legs hold, it is set to make at least 400 million domestically. Now, while the numbers are great, word of mouth is not so hot. It's not bad, but the cinema score for it was a B+. Most MCU movies get an A- at least. Also, word is mixed on if it's okay to bring kids to see this or not. I will say as someone who has watched it, maybe don't bring your 5-6 to six year old kids. But I think if you're 10 or above, they should be alright. However, parents will have to make this decision themselves. And if they decide that they're going to wait, that's going to hurt the numbers a bit as well as repeat viewings. Also, this is very much a Sam Raimi film, and that has left people not used to that, feeling mixed about the film. The drop for next weekend is going to be interesting, and how will it do until Memorial Day, as that will be its first competition when Top Gun Maverick comes out. Still, at least for now, this was a strong opening for Marvel Studios, and for Disney, they needed this. For China, it's still quiet at the box office. The bad guys came in first place with 2.6 million for a total of 14.3 million. Moving down to second place is Stay With Me with 2 million for a total of 17.3 million. In third place is Man on the Edge with 900,000 for a total of 15.3 million. The Secrets of Dumbledore came in fourth place with 700,000 for a total of 23.9 million. Lastly, Hotel Transylvania Transformia came in fifth place with 500,000 for a total of 13.3 million. Looking at worldwide numbers, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness opened in 49 other markets over the weekend and made 265 million for a worldwide opening weekend of 452 million. Assuming its likes can hold, it should make it past a billion, but probably just barely. The bad guys made 7.2 million for a worldwide total of 148.1 million. The Secrets of Dumbledore made 10.8 million for a worldwide total of 263.8 million. It looks like at this point it will crawl to a $400 million finish. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 made another 8.2 million for a worldwide total of 349.4 million. Finally, Downton Abbey A New Era made 6.6 million for an international total of 22.3 million. For release dates, we got a very small delay for Sony's Bullet Train. The film starring Brad Pitt will move from July 29th and now come out August 5th. It will now go up against a comedy from Paramount called Secret Headquarters and a family film from Universal called Easter Sunday. 
As for why the as for why the delay deadline is saying, it's because Sony now wants to position it as the last big film of the summer, which makes sense as it kind of is. Months ago, we had Black Adam at the end of July, Mission Impossible Seven around Labor Day. Uh, both of those are gone, so now Thor: Love and Thunder can have most of July, and Bullet Train will have basically all of August. After being released exclusively with Doctor Strange, Disney released a teaser trailer for Avatar The Way of Water online for everyone to watch, and more people are interested. In the first 24 hours, the trailer got 148.6 million views, with 23 million of them coming from China. This makes it bigger than the latest Star Wars films and even some of the Marvel ones. So clearly there is interest here, and as the saying goes, never bet against James Cameron. In other news this week, the reviews for Top Gun Maverick started to come out, and it might become one of the biggest movies of the summer. Right now with 87 reviews, it is certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes with a 97% rating. That is crazy, and if it holds, it will tie as one of Tom Cruise's best rated films on Rotten Tomatoes, with Mission Impossible Fallout also at a 97. I had a feeling the film would be good, but not 97% good. Looking forward to watching it, and while they don't have a lot of films in the summer, Paramount is looking right now to have a good time. Now let's go to casting announcements as Deadline has the exclusive on this, and that is the Godzilla vs. Kong sequel. Not much is known at all, but we do know that the leading star will be Dan Stevens. He'll be joining Adam Wingard, who is coming back to direct the sequel, with production expected to begin in a few months. Dan Stevens is a really good actor, so I'm happy to see him get bigger roles, but for the film itself, I do hope it's not just Godzilla and Kong fight again, since they just came to an understanding at the end of the last one. Who knows though, we don't even know what the film is called yet. The next casting announcement we have is also from Deadline, and that is Alan Richardson has joined Fast X. He has been in the DC show Titans and recently finished the first season of Reacher on Amazon, with him as the title character. He's a good actor, so him being involved makes me a bit more interested in the film. As of now, it's not clear if he is a good guy or a bad guy. I'd say likely a bad one, but we'll have to wait and see. He could also be a federal agent. The last casting news is again from Deadline, with their sources saying that Christopher Walken has joined Dune Part 2. He is supposed to play the role of the Emperor. It's an interesting choice, but we know Walken can play it serious if needed, so I can see it working. I'm still hyped about the film, and I'm excited for the Emperor to demand more cowbell. Now let's go to new films in development. Neon has bought the domestic rights to a film called Mother's Instinct. It is a psychological thriller that is a remake of a Belgian film from 2018 and stars Jessica Chastain and Anne Hathaway. It is expected to start production in the next few weeks. Based on what the film is about, I am interested in giving it a watch and I think overall we should start to be paying attention to Neon a bit more. Since Parasite put them on the map, they have been like A24, building up a nice portfolio of smaller films that are more unique. Deadline has an exclusive on the next film in development and that is a sequel to A Simple Favor. Uh, the film will be in, the, in development between Lionsgate and Amazon Studios and will bring back the main cast and crew with Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively coming back to star in it while Paul Feige is coming back to direct. I haven't seen the first one so I'm not sure if it lends itself to a sequel or not. The most interesting thing I see here is Lionsgate and Amazon Studios working together on it and why. The first one was a Lionsgate film, yes, but with Amazon, Amazon Studios working with them on the sequel, does that mean it's going straight to Prime Video or a hybrid release? Not sure how they're going to release this one. A film long in development hell seems to be finally moving forward. Megalopolis, the self-funded film by Francis Ford Coppola, has set its budget and cast. 
The budget is coming in at just under $100 million and will star Adam Driver, Nathalie Emanuel, Lawrence Fishburne, Forrest Whitaker, and John Voight. No data set for production or when it will come out. This is a massive film to be self-funded, uh, but the rights for it will be sold in studios, so there is a chance Coppola can make a profit from it. But this has been his passion project for a long time, so I'm happy that he's able to make the film, and I hope it's worth the wait, and it's great. Another film now in development is The First Omen. Deadline has the exclusive on this, and that is 20th Century Studios is starting development on the film, which is set to be a prequel to the original Omen film from the 70s. Right now, Arkasha Stevenson is set to direct the film, which will also be her film directorial debut. Personally, I've not seen much of the Omen films, so I'm not going to comment here and just move on to the next story. Reality Premium is a bit busy, so let's start with the light news first. The Lost City is now available to stream on Paramount+. Plus. The movie is very close to hitting the 100 million domestic mark, so it'll be interesting to see if being available on streaming stops it short. It only has to, I think, make another 5 million to do it. For Universal, two of their latest movies are now available to buy and rent on VOD platforms at a premium price. The Bad Guys is available to buy at $30 and rent for $20, while The Northman is available to buy at $25 and rent at $20. Personally, having watched The Northman, it's a shame it has not made much at the box office. It's a fantastic film. If you can see it in theaters, I highly recommend it. If not, still worth a buy on VOD. Next, let's go to Netflix, where things are changing fast for the company after their disastrous previous quarter and the effects from it. The New York Times is reporting that Netflix has told its employees it's looking to launch its ad-supported plan in Q4 of this year. While it was kind of expected to be trialed at the end of the year, during the earnings report it was mentioned that the general rollout would be within a year, so this moves up the timeline just a little bit. It was also mentioned in this memo to its employees that they are also planning to expand the password crackdown in Q4 of this year. Another change being developed is adding live streaming. Deadline has the exclusive on this, and that is Netflix is developing support for live streaming on their platform. Now, it's not going to be like Twitch or YouTube where anyone can stream. Instead, this would be for their live comedy specials or unscripted shows. The article mentioned that while it is being developed, it's still in early stages, so I wouldn't expect this to launch this year, likely sometime in 2023. These are very interesting times for Netflix, as with all of these changes, they're basically reinventing themselves as a company to a degree. The first since a decade ago, when they switched their focus from renting DVDs in the mail to streaming. Going to be a very interesting time for the company. Now to Warner Brothers Discovery, where another executive has left the company. Brad Wilson, who was the U.S. General Manager and Executive Vice President for Global Data, CRM, and Growth for HBO Max, has left due to change in organizational structure for streaming. J.B. Perrett, who has taken over as CEO and president of streaming for the entire company, is reorganizing his division, and Wilson's position was cut. It is not known yet if more changes in the streaming division of the company will happen. Finally, we finish up with Disney's quarterly earnings report, which was better than Netflix. Over the last quarter, Disney Plus gained 7.9 million subscribers for a worldwide total now of 137.7 million. If you throw in Hulu and ESPN Plus subscribers, the company now has a total of 250. 5.6 million subscribers, right behind Netflix's 221.6 million. Right now, the company still expects subscriptions to grow throughout 2022. One thing to note money-wise, uh, and also shows how serious they are about streaming, is that they reported a $1 billion expense to, quote, a customer 
to end license agreements early so that they can move their content back to their platforms. While Disney does not name who the customer is, it's likely Netflix, as they previously had a big partnership and have shown over time moving shows and films to Disney+, Plus, most recently the Netflix Marvel shows. As for future growth for Disney+, Plus, Disney updated their spending for the fiscal year, only saying that they will now spend $32 billion for fiscal year 2022, uh, down from the massive $33 billion a few months ago. That is not a big drop, obviously, but still, a billion for Disney Plus is a few shows or two, maybe three big films. Uh, so, you know, a little less content, but hey, you know, it's still $32 billion being spent. As for profitability, the company still expects it to start turning a profit in fiscal year 2024. So overall, things are still looking pretty good for Disney Plus and should continue with shows like Kenobi coming out soon and their big films like Doctor Strange hitting the service at some point. That'll be it for this week's episode of Box Office Receipts. Question for the episode is, with all the great reviews, are you planning on seeing Top Gun Maverick? Let me know on Facebook. Link to the page is in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and see you next time.